Thank you, Pastor Danny. I know that uh, you're supposed to be speaking this morning, I, and I can see that you're unhappy about it. <laughs> uh, but I praise God for the opportunity to be with you, not only on Sunday, but on your anniversary. You know, my wife and I, with our two kids, we are blessed with three, but uh, Dwayne came here the last time, and he's in college now, and so he's studying, but uh, um, Lendel and Chanel were able to come, and we arrived L.A. last uh, just Wednesday, and immediately we went to the happiest place on earth. Okay, that's Disneyland. But now I realize that that's not the case. I think here is the happiest place on earth. Amen. Because today we're celebrating God's eight years of faithfulness in our lives, in your church, in your ministry as. Uh, I listen to Pastor Insong and uh, Pastor Danny and share about their uh, passion for the ministry here. I'm blessed. And I praise God because today we can actually celebrate God's faithfulness and God's goodness. Now, anniversaries. So, once again, can I greet you? Happy anniversary, uh, CCFLA. And I, may I represent CCF Bay Area? Tinawag po namin Bay Area kasi pag Pasay daw, Pasay, sounds like Pasaway. Uh, so, but slowly, actually, that place is now being called Bay Area CBD, just like Makati and just like uh, Ortiga. So, uh, we call it CCF Bay Area. But I also bring greetings from the Bay Area, San Francisco, because last week we just uh, came from there, from Pastor Ron and uh, Alice, and they send you their greetings as well. So, uh, CCFLA, once again, congratulations and happy anniversary to all of you. Let's give God a big, big hand once again. Now, as always, anniversaries are for celebrations, and I believe today you're going to be celebrating. We started with a wonderful worship, and uh, in fact, I like the uh, presentation of the young people. The next gen, I was hoping Pastor Danny will come and Pastor Insong, kasi si Pastor Danny parang next gen na rin yan eh. <laughs> Babawi lang ng konti. Okay. But anniversaries are really for celebrations and today we're celebrating God's faithfulness and just to uh, again appreciate and commend those who actually uh, brought this ministry together can Anniversary is also a time of celebrating God's faithfulness through men. God's faithfulness through our leaders. So if you don't mind, can I ask also, can I ask Pastor Danny, Lynette, their wives, Pastor Insong, Grace, can you please stand up? And all the COS, whether in the past or today, can you please stand up? And all the volunteers, and all the, next, all the D group leaders, Lahat po, all that God has used, if you've been volunteering in the past or you've been part of a ministry of CCF Bay Area, we just want to appreciate you and celebrate you also. So all the D-group leaders, may mga D-group leaders, if you've been in the Exalt team, if you're part of the ushering ministry, if you're helping the next gen, you're in any way part of the CCF LA, please stand. Come on, don't be shy because this is what this celebration is all about. We're celebrating God's faithfulness through you because God has used you. See, God want to share 
the ministry to His people. And I think that's what MIME is all about because there's no ministry without people. So thank you. And again, may your tribe increase. Okay? May you continue to grow and may you continue to uh, challenge others to do the same. Anniversaries are for celebrations. Kahit anong anniversary, whether it be wedding or birthdays, okay? But anniversaries are also for evaluations. I think it's a wonderful time to make some reflection on what happened the past eight years. And I believe evaluation is actually the gateway to a new vision. And I praise God to hear the vision of your pastor, Cerritos, Las Vegas, and many other cities but it begins with having a careful evaluation i believe the same thing with our marriages or birthdays if you're celebrating your birthday soon i hope that you will also take time to not just count your years but also evaluate whether or not you're making every year count for the lord jesus christ so anniversaries are also for evaluation and today i hope that as you celebrate another year you can look back, thank God for His faithfulness, but at the same time, make some evaluation. Are we still aligned with God's will and God's mission and vision for us? Are we still growing, not just in numbers, but also in depth, deep and wide? Okay? When I was still uh, the director for GLC, by the way, GLC means, doesn't mean Global Leadership Center. Actually, GLC, pinalitan na po namin yon. It's called Great Looking Christians. Okay, so are you part of GLC? Yes. Okay, very good. So, are you still growing? Not just in numbers, but in maturity. Are you still as passionate as ever? When you started this, you say when you start something, right? For those of you who are probably new into... Uh, Zumba, meron palang Zumba rito, are new into some sports, or new into uh, your plan to lose weight. Di ba? Excited ka pa eh. Okay? But after a few weeks, a few days, after a few visits uh, to the gym, guess what happens to your passion, to your motivation? Does it increase or it dies down? Dies down. And that's why anniversaries is a good time to evaluate. Are we still passionate? Are we still serious about God's call for us to build His church here in LA? And so I hope our message this morning will not only help us celebrate, but also evaluate where are we now in terms of God's plan, in terms of God's mission for the U.S. Now, anniversaries, as I said, are also for new Visions after evaluation, evaluation, I believe, is the gateway. It leads us to a new vision. In fact, in the, in the Old Testament, um, when Moses was leading the people out of Israel, there was a clamor because there were so many needs, but only Moses were the one doing the work. And so when they did an evaluation, the Lord gave them a new vision. And the vision is to develop 70 others, assign 70 others to do the ministry. In the New Testament, the same thing happens. In fact, when the disciples were coming together and they heard a vision from the Lord 
to continue the work, they end up sending their best guys. Sino yon? Si Paul and Barnabas to go out and uh, plant churches. So evaluation can lead to new vision. And so I hope that uh, this morning as you celebrate your anniversary, you will also take some time as a church, as a member of this church to evaluate and to receive new vision from the Lord. And that's my prayer. And that's why I praise God for the opportunity to share with you God's Word. And this morning, I'd like to share with you a topic called First Things First. And this is to launch, I believe, uh, Pastor Insong is going to go through uh, this series, First Things First. It's a survey on the book of Haggai. Now, uh, here in America, I think you pronounce, this, pronounce it Haggai. Pero sorry po, I'm a Pinoy. And in, in the Philippines, we pronounce it Haggai. Matigas po ang aming English doon. Okay, so, Haggai. Well, Haggai or Haggai, I think, is okay. So, Haggai. Now, the prophet Haggai, let me just give you a quick um, overview. You see, when <coughs> God blesses them at the time of King Solomon, they were able to build a beautiful temple. And the temple were made with precious stones. But then the people of God turned away from him, rebelled against him, and so God used a foreign country, a foreign nation, the Babylonians, to take over, destroy their cities, destroy their land, destroy the temple, and held them captives for many years. You see, that what ha that's what happens when we run away from God. You can never run away from God. And so he uses a wicked nation to discipline Israel, his chosen race. And so everything was destroyed and they were held captives for many years. Then they turned to the Lord once again. They cried out and so the Lord brought them back. And when the Lord brought them back, they started rebuilding the nation. They started rebuilding the city. But they have forgotten the temple of the Lord. And here comes Haggai. So God now uses Haggai to awaken this remnants who just returned because of God's faithfulness. And in the book of Haggai, there are four instances, times when the Lord spoke to Haggai in order to send his message to the people. So in a manner of speaking, there are four sermons in the book of Haggai. Four times the Lord spoke through Haggai. Now, I don't have all the time to go through the four, but I will try to give you an overview. Let's see how far we can go. Now, it started, the book of Haggai started with a tampo. The first message of God is actually a tampo from God. Okay? Now, I, as a pastor, I'm used to hearing people having tampo with the Lord. Now, what's tampo in English? I've been asking my family and we can't find a word for tampo. Maybe you know what's tampo in English. See, kahit kayo, hindi alam Hard feelings or ill feelings towards his people. So God has ill feelings. Okay? Or tampo. I think mas maganda yung tampo. Tampo towards his people. Ano yung tampo niya? Well, his tampo is here. And so here is God's message, first message to his people. Ill feelings towards them. Verse 2 of chapter 1 says, The Lord 
who rules over all says this. If you don't mind, can I ask you to read it aloud all together now? This. Alright, thank you. Now, how do we know the Lord had ill feelings or hard feelings towards them? Well, take note. He called them these people. Okay. Now, remember, Israel is God's chosen race. They are His people. But here, He told Haggai these people. Pretty much like when uh, you are... Or you're talking about your mother-in-law. Siguro hindi to yung mother-in-law ng ating sharer kanina, no? <laughs> or you're talking to about your son-in-law or your the daughter, di ba? Or you're talking about your mother-in-law's daughter, yung wife mo. And how do we go about mommy? Kasi yung anak ninyo eh. Or you're talking to your wife and you're, you want to discipline your children. Ano sinasabi nyo? What do you say? Yung anak mo, ah. Salbahe, ah. Okay, disiplinahin mo. Hello? Kaninong anak yan? Nandun ka nung ginawa yan. Okay? You were there. Pretty much involved. Okay, but why do you say, yung anak mo, disiplinahin mo? Okay? Why? Because you have ill feelings. When you have ill feelings, you tend to separate. That's what sin does. That's what tampo does. It separates you from the person. So here is actually God saying, because of their sins, there's a separation, temporary, but there's a separation between God and His people because God had tampo or ill feelings towards them. So instead of calling them His people, these people. So there's tampo. And what is God's tampo for them? Well, because these people say the time for rebuilding Lord's, the Lord's temple has not yet come. That's God's complaint against them. Now, take note, they are not saying that rebuilding the temple is not important. Probably, if you ask God's people, if you ask the remnants, these people, is the temple important? Guess what will they say? Yes. But the problem is, I don't think now is the time to do so. Pretty much like today, when you ask people, is developing an intimate relationship with God important? Yes. But most people will say, maybe later. Why aren't you not doing it if it's important? Is going to church important? Is being part of a ministry important? Yes. Everyone will say yes. Is your spirituality, your relationship with God important? Yes. But are you focusing on it now. Most of the times we say later, when I'm stable in my job, when I'm done with my plans for myself, when I finish college, maybe, when lagi nating what? Pinopostpone. We delay. We delay. Are you aware that among the greatest, greatest enemy of success is what? Procrastination. I call this the problem of later. Yes, I will develop a relationship with God. Simple naman. 
But for now, I'm young and let me enjoy life. Sometimes that's what we teach our children. Pagbayaan mo yung batang yan. Okay, bata pa eh. Let him enjoy life. Tsaka ka na maging seryoso. Later on, when you're older, maybe that's the time you become serious about life, you're serious about God, and serious about ministry. And I think that's what's in their heart, and therefore, that's what they're saying. The time to rebuild God's temple has not come. Well, the message of the Lord to His people is this. The time is now. The time to rebuild your marriage is now. The time to reach out to your spouse, to your family is now. The time to serve Him is now. The time to start changing. The time to get rid of your addiction. The time to be serious about discipleship is what? When? Now. So can you please tell your neighbor and just gently remind them that time is now. Now. Now is the time to start. Why is that? Because delayed obedience is still disobedience. And that's why the Lord said, and He continued on. So, in verse 3, So the Lord spoke through the prophet Haggai as follows, Is it right for you to live in richly paneled houses while my temple is in ruins? You know, I've been to... Uh, uh, the U.S., and I can see that many of you, if not all of you, enjoys uh, uh, beautiful houses. Okay? In fact, coming here this year, I miss uh, Romy and uh, Susan's house. Sorry, brother, na binenta nyo na. I hope dinilay nyo muna ng konti because now we are staying in a hotel. But nice hotel also. Okay? Okay, but... Uh, I've been to Edwin's house, I've been to Pastor Insong's house, and many houses here in the U.S. are very nice. In fact, my children were saying, Dad, let's stay here. <laughs> well, if you study hard and find a good job, okay, bring us to the U.S., <laughs> mommy and I, okay? But nice houses. Now, is God against having nice houses? Is that what he's saying through the prophet Haggai? Sabi niya, is it right for you to live in richly paneled houses? Is it wrong to enjoy the blessings of this world? The fruit of your labor. I don't think that's what the Lord is saying. In fact, the Lord is saying that He even gives you the ability to make wealth. The ability to, the opportunity to enjoy the fruit of your labor. So God is not against paneled houses. He's actually saying, while my temple is in ruins. In other words, we have our priorities the other way around. So God's complaint against His people is that they did not put Him first. And that's why this coming series, the title of this message is, First Things First. If it's a priority to you, it should be what? Important. It must come First, and that's why wives are often uh, insecure about this. Because if you are married, if you are the spouse, you must come what? First. You must come first. If that person is important to you, if something is important to you, it must come first. Are you familiar with the Ten Commandments? What's the first one? 
love your wife, sabi ng isa. <laughs> Hindi po yun. Wala po sa Ten Commandments yun. Okay, what's the first in the Ten Commandments? You shall have no other gods before me. Not just besides me, because there's no other gods. Sabi nga ni Hawk, di ba? Puny gods. The rest are just puny gods. Okay? There's only one true God, Yahweh. There's only one true God, the creator of the universe. The Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God in three persons. There's only one God. But in His commandment, He said this, You shall have no other gods before me. So the, the, I think the highlight, okay, the emphasis is on the word before me. Implication, commandment number one, God wants to be first in your life. So, since today is a day of celebration and also a day of evaluation, can we make a reflection? Is God first in your life? Is God first in your life? Because if He is first, then He is important to you. And if He is important to you, then He must be first. Now, God's ill feelings is that they have not taken God and His kingdom seriously. And many times, you and I, I don't know about you, but that's true of me. Many times, God comes next. And me becomes first place. So the question is, who's at the center of your life? Who comes first? You? Your agenda? You see, God is, has nothing against our agenda. But I've seen people bless, even in this country. In fact, back home, we have a hard life. But here, we have a good life. You're blessed with so many things, and yet we tend to forget. That's why hardship is not just a problem for Christianity. Even blessings, materialism is a problem because we now are blessed and we focus on the good things of life, but we have forgotten the giver. Are you aware that the source of all good things is God? And if God is the source of all good things, He can give it anytime. In fact, the Bible says, and I like it in Psalms, where it says, He gives to His beloved even in their sleep. Are you aware that God can bless you even if you don't lift a finger? God can bless your career. God can bless your business, your family, even if you are sleeping or while you're sleeping, the Bible says. Okay? If, you're not, if you're doubtful, check Psalm 127. God blesses His beloved even in their sleep. Now, the only time God will not bless you sleeping is when you're sleeping in church. Okay? There's no blessing in that. One, not for me, at least. Okay? So, God can bless you. He is the source of all good things. But since He is the source of all good things, He can also withhold it. God can give it, but God can also withhold it and in fact that's the case here because you did not put me first because you did not take care of my temple sabi niya in verse 9 you expected a large harvest but instead there was little when you brought it home it disappeared right away diba ganun yung feeling natin about our paycheck diba before 30 yet comes ubus na no more Okay? And that's what's happening in the case of these people. 
Why? The Lord asked. Ask the Lord who rules over all. Because my temple remains in ruin. Thanks to each of you favoring his own house. Napaka-sarcastic, no? Can you sense it? Well, eh, kasi kayo eh. And that's what the Lord is saying. That's why he had ill feelings towards it. Because my temple remains in ruins thanks to you. Verse 10, this is why the sky has held back its dew and the earth its produce. In verse 11, moreover, I have called for a drought that will affect the fields and heal country, the grain, new wine, fresh olive, and everything that grows from the ground. It also will harm people, animals, and everything they produce. So what is God saying? Well, I think pretty much Matthew 6.33 a very famous verse for many of us, especially when we are starting out in our career, in our business. What's Matthew 6.33? Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things, I think, will be added unto you. I think we like the second part. All these things will be added unto you. Okay? But I think we ignore and we tend to forget about the first part. Seek ye first. Whom? God. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And guess what? Guess what? All these things will be added unto you. And so the Lord is actually saying, you're not blessed. Now, if you're already blessed now, and you're not putting God first yet, can you imagine what kind of life you will enjoy? Because God's desire is really to bless us. God's desire is to Bless you so you can bless others. So if you're already doing well now, and yet you are not seeking God's kingdom and His righteousness, imagine what God can do. God will bless you even more. God will bless us even more. Now, this is God's message to His people. And I believe I am with God's people today. And I hope that you're listening. Because the people of God back then, they did. They listened. So in verse 12, it says, Then Zerubbabel, okay, he's the governor, okay, and Joshua, he's the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people. In other words, everyone else. Not just the leaders, not just the pastors or the priests, but also the rest of the remnants, everyone. Ano sabi sa Bible? Everyone what? Maka-highlight on. They obeyed the Lord their God. When they heard God's word, they obeyed. See, the Bible says, don't just be hearers of God's word, but be doers. You see, that's the problem. Sometimes we are here, but we're not listening. Yeah, that's why sometimes pastors are forced to shout. <laughs> but shouting will not actually help if you're not keen to listen. God speaks. The Word of God is alive and God speaks. The question is, are you listening? The people of God heard and they obeyed. They obeyed the Lord, their God. Verse 14, so the Lord energized and encouraged Zerubbabel, not just Zerubbabel, the governor, but he encouraged the high priest, their pastor, and the whole remnant of people. They came and worked on the temple of their God, the Lord, 
who rules over all. So what a wonderful sight. Now take note. They first obeyed. They first took the first step and made the decision, yes, Lord, we will follow. Then the Lord energized them. Now I think that's so important because many times we wonder whether there's something else in life. Have you ever thought, have you ever felt like sometimes life is like boring? May mga bata, boring. Are we there yet? You know, we came from San Jose. We drove a six-hour drive, but actually we took, uh, I took 12 hours of driving. Kasi I have to stop here and there. I can't drive that long. Bibilis pala ng kotse rito. Okay? Yung kotse namin doon, mababagal eh. Okay? Oh. So, you know, you and I, sometimes we feel like life is boring. Life is meaningless. Have you ever felt that way? You know why? Because we are not at the center of God's will. Because God does not energize us. God is not giving us that joy. God is withholding that meaning and joy because we are not part, involved, at the center of His will. So take note what's, what the Lord did when they obeyed, verse 14. The Lord, it's not highlighted here, but in your Bible, I hope you will highlight, the Lord energized and encouraged them. Now, look at your neighbor. Do you think, tingnan mo katabi mo, just look at your neighbor. Do they look like they need to be energized? <laughs> you know, wala kang, sa Tagalog, mas maganda Mukhang wala kang kabuhay-buhay. <laughs> Walang kabuhay-buhay. Okay? But if you are at the center of God's word, if you are at the center of God's will, God will energize you. God will give you meaning. God will give you passion. If you've been looking for passion, if you've been asking what is this life all about, lalo na kung medyo tumatanda na tayo, I'm, I'm included there, and you've been wondering, is this all there is to life? Well, obviously, there's more. And that's being part. Involved at the very center of what God wants you to do, not just as a church, but as an individual. Now, take note, it's not just Zerubbabel, the governor who obeyed, not just Joshua, the priest who obeyed, and they are important because leaders must, what? Must lead by example. But take note, all of them obeyed. So, yung theme for this year, ano nga uli yung theme? Meme. Mobilize every member everywhere. Can I change it for a while? Mobilize every member immediately. Pwede ba yun? Bisaya manggid. Immediately. Because the time to serve God, the time to get involved is what? Now. Immediately. Okay? So meme means today. For today only, mobilize every member immediately. Immediately. Because again, delayed obedience is disobedience. Now, soon after, so they, you now 
have the people energized by the Lord. They started rebuilding the wall. They started working on it. Not just one, not just the leaders, but all of them together. But soon after, they started rebuilding the temple. The people of God got discouraged. So they started rebuilding the wall and the, the instruction was, go up the mountain, cut the trees, bring down the timber, and then build the temple. That's the instruction. Very simple instruction. Go up the mountain, cut the woods, bring down the woods, the timber, and build the church. Build God's temple. After a while, starting this wonderful project, they got what? Discouraged. And that's why the second message, again the Lord spoke to Haggai to encourage them. Now before we listen to what God has to say, let's talk about what discourages these people. Well, they just got started and they were energized, at least energized to start. Sometimes, kailangan natin ng jump start. Now, some people need push. Sa Tagalog, hindi tinawag, tinulak. Okay, marami sa mga pastor natin hindi tinawag, tinulak. Okay, and we need a push at times. And that's what happened there. The Lord energized them to start. But when you start something, those of you who have started something important, you know for a fact, that somewhere along the way, you and I tend to what? Get discouraged. You've been serving the Lord for eight years. I don't know about you. I just started Pasay, Bay Area, for two years. And I can tell you from the heart, honestly, don't tell them. Nakabidyo ba to? Hindi na, hindi ko nasasabihin. I've been discouraged at times. Two years pa lang, imagine eight years na kayo. You've been doing ministry for eight years. And I'm pretty sure your leaders and all of you have been discouraged at one point or another. Because that's part of the journey. That's part of the journey. We need fresh anointing from the Lord every time. And so the second time the Lord came and spoke again through the word of through Haggai. Now, First of all, let's look at the reasons for their discouragement because there are things that come your way to discourage you, to distract you. Like yung medyo mainit, di ba? Ang tagal ni pastor magsalita, things like that. Distract you from listening. So what discourages them? Number one, comparison. I have no time to go through the book, but they started looking at what they're doing made out of timber, wood, when in fact, the former temple is made of gold. You see, the former temple was built by Solomon with all the precious materials hand-me-down from David. David, King David, because he's such a, a great leader, okay, accumulated so much wealth. And again, of course, Solomon is the wisest man ever lived. Double that, triple that. And so with all of those resources, they build a wonderful, nice temple. While these people, the remnants, under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Joshua, were just building a so-so made out of timber. So while they are rebuilding it, they remember the former glory of the temple. And, they so, and so they got discouraged. So what discourages us? Comparison. Comparison. You know, two years doing Pasay, Bay Area. Praise God, God has blessed us with over a thousand people. Three services. We just started our third service. 
But then when I heard that North Edsa, North Edsa, just a few months earlier uh, than Bay Area, okay, are now reaching 3,000. I was so happy with my 1,003 services. But when I heard about North Edsa, 2,000, almost 3,000 now, okay, guess what happens to my joy? Boom. We just moved into a new place. Last, this year, January, we moved into a new place. We spent about 22 million pesos lang po. Pesos, hindi po dollars. Just to renovate the place. It's a wonderful, nice place. We're all happy. I'm very happy with the place. With about five to 600 seating capacity. And it's in the nice location. Okay? Along EDSA. EDSA extension is our address. Okay? I was so happy until the main, CCF main, made a report about their new building project, the school, and then they showed the project in Cebu. Wow, 2,000 seating capacity, and they showed the video. You know how nice the video were? Diba? And gaganda. Napanood niyo ba rito yun? A picture. Ganda. Not just CCF Cebu, but Cagayan uh, de Oro and um, Malolos. They're building nice buildings. And so we were sitting there together with the COS and watching that video uh, leadership conference. Parang ang liit nung atin. <laughs> Parang wala. Wala. You see, when you start comparing, guess what happens? You get discouraged. Or you have a false sense of your identity, your true identity. Now, if you start comparing yourself to others, you tend to be discouraged. Because there's always be somebody better Richer than you. Okay? You know what I do? I stop comparing myself to others. If I, I will compare myself so that I will not be discouraged, I will just compare myself to Pastor Danny. <laughs> and I immediately feel good about myself. Bawe, bawe. I know you're very forgiving. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> Don't compare yourself because there will always be somebody looking, better looking than you, richer than you, have a better house, better car, better career, better, bigger ministry than you. If you want to compare, compare yourself with yourself. Am I better than me last year? Is CCFLA better than last year? Are you better off than eight years ago? That's how you evaluate yourself and not be discouraged. Your reason for discouragement, they were comparing themselves. Okay? And that's what chapter 2 is all about. Who of you is left who saw the house in its former glory? And that's the message of the Lord. How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So the Lord is actually telling them what's in their heart. See, God knows what's in your heart. You don't have to tell Him. He knows. And he knows what's happening with these people, that they're actually comparing, that they were discouraged. So comparison, according to Mark Twain, sabi niya, comparison is the death of joy. Buti pa si Pastor Danny. O si Pastor Insong. Sabi ko, Pastor Insong, puro puti na yung buhok mo. Okay. Then quickly I realized, sandali, baka, bu baka bumalik, mag-boomerang. Buti nga, may buhok ako. Ikaw, Pastor, wala na. So comparison is the death of 
joy. Now, second reason. So, don't compare. Don't compare. Reason for discouragement. Another reason is expectation. I think you and I can relate to this. You see, especially for those of us who are trying to lose weight. I've been trying to lose weight all my life. <laughs> okay. You hit the gym, you hit the treadmill, you do all your push-ups, you carry all those weights. You've been there several days. You've been eating right, dieting, saying no to donuts, saying no to burgers, saying no to lechon. Mamaya daw may lechon. Saying no to steak. Kagabi, we had a wonderful steak at the house of Pastor Insong. Thank you, Lynette. I've been doing that. And then you step on the weighing scale and you saw what? What? Yun lang? In fact, some of you, you step on the weighing scale and said, Bumingat ka pa. You're heavier than before. Now, what happens? When you see minimal results, what happens? Do you get encouraged? You know, you want to go to the gym. Most of us are like me, I believe. You go to the gym, you carry some weights, and you expect losing five pounds right away. That's what we expect. We expect immediate what? Results. You send your kids to the youth camp, and when they come back, you expect they change right away. You send your husband to the Bible study. You send your wife to the D group, and you expect the wife to change right away. Hello, can you relate? Expectations can kill our passion. You want the church to grow right away. You want this to grow right away. Expectation. But you and I know the results takes time. And so they were expecting. Ang bagal naman nito. As they started rebuilding, they start comparing, and they have high expectation. You know what I realized? You and I overestimate what we can do in one day. We overestimate. We diet for one day, we go to the gym for one day, and we expect great results right away. Overestimate what we can do in one day or even one week or one month. But we often underestimate. We belittle what we can do for a lifetime. Imagine what you can do if you just go back to the gym again and again and again and again and time flies. You develop a lifestyle. You develop a habit. You've been going to the gym for months, for years. Guess what's going to happen? Great results. You see, I, was, I used to be 200 pounds, 210 actually. 210 before coming to CCF. The moment I stepped into CCF, I don't know if they told you about this, but a few months after, I was asked to join the pastoral team. And immediately, when you enter the pastoral meeting every Tuesday during back then, okay, Pastor Peter, together with these three assistants, will be out there, outside the, the boardroom, waiting for us. Before you can go in, they will measure your waistline. They will measure your weight. So my weighing scale. And they will measure your blood pressure. Tatlo. I don't know if Insong remembers that, Pastor Dan. I remember that clearly. I was a first-timer. And every time you see Pastor Peter, he will tell you, you lose weight. 
I want to serve God with you for a long time so you be healthy. Okay? So, ganon. You know, I was 210. But when we instituted the prayer and fasting, that's where it began. <laughs> prayer and fasting. The first prayer and fa prayer fasting, I lost uh, 11 pounds. Quickly, I gained 5. <laughs> After. Okay? So, I just came from, we just had our mid-year fasting. Okay? Uh, there's no sign of uh, <laughs> no sign that I just came from fasting, you know, because here I get it back and some more. <laughs> so after the first fasting, 11 pounds, I gained five pounds. I said, "Wow, at least six pounds." So I made a I made a goal every year if I can just lose six pounds, maybe one pound in every two months. Is that doable? Hello. Yes, that's doable. One pound in every two months. Not every week, but every two months. One pound lang. Okay? But guess what, what, will do, what will happen after six years? Eight years of losing one pound every two months. We overestimate what we can do in one day. We do Bible study now. You read the Word of God. You expect to be like Pastor Peter right away. No way. Pastor Peter has been reading and spending time with the Word. You will not mature right away. You will not change right away. You, but you will gradually change. So keep attending, just like the sharer said. Maglilid ka na nga ng group eh, pero bakit ganyan ka pa rin? Well, at least you're joining a group. And continue the work, continue joining, continue being accountable so that God can continue His work. Don't be discouraged. I don't know, after eight years, if you are already discouraged, saying, ang bagal naman. Well, sometimes, we do slow down. That's why we need to, to evaluate. And we need to ask ourselves, is God pleased with us or meron siyang tampo? So that we can correct ourselves just like these people. So we need to correct. But when we are there, how many of you started working on your marriage? And just one month, or maybe just one week, you're already discouraged. Ah, wala nang pag-asa to. Hello? Can you relate? You tried it. Sabi nila, wow, I heard the testimony. Wonderful story. Now you're encouraged. So you start doing it. Loving your wife. Practicing Philippians 2. Putting the interests of others. After two weeks, you don't see any change from your spouse. What happens to you? Discouraged. Discourage. That's what's happening in the book of Haggai. They were discouraged. And so this is what the Lord told them. But now be strong. Zerubbabel declares the Lord, Be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all you people of the land. So hindi lang pala tayo, no? Even leaders get discouraged. Are you aware that even pastors can be discouraged? Yes, we do. So they were discouraged. But God's word for them is be strong. Be strong. It is always too soon to give up. So can you please tell your neighbor, just encourage them, be strong and don't give up. Be strong. So CCFLA, be strong. Okay, you're eight years old, be strong. Your younger, your younger sister church looks up to you, be strong. Not just the leaders, not just Zerubbabel, God said, Joshua, the priest, the pastors, be strong, all ye people, all of you, be strong. Don't be discouraged and don't give up. 
Not just don't give up, sabi niya doon. All you people, declare to the Lord and what? Be strong and work. In other words, continue the work. You see, our tendency when we are discouraged is to stop the work. When you're discouraged looking at that, oh, seemingly so little uh, result on the weighing scale, you give up. Ayoko na. Hirap eh. No, don't give up and continue going to the gym. Continue the work. Continue discipling your spouse. Continue discipling your children. Continue leading small groups. Continue doing the ministry. Don't give up. Go back to the mountain, cut down the trees, bring down the timber, timber and build the church. That's what you need to do. Be strong and don't give up. Be strong. Be strong. It's always too soon to give up. How can we be strong? Here comes the promise. How can we be strong? Sorry, nawala. It says, therefore, I am with you, declares the Lord. Maybe today, I think that's the message for those of you who've been doing the ministry. Pastor, I'm part of it naman eh. Yung nga lang, maraming pasaway. Akala ko nasa pasay lang mga yun. Dito, marami rin. Are there pasaways here? Are there difficult people in your life? Are there difficult people in this church? Really? EGR, yeah, the EGRs are there. Now, if you don't know anybody, maybe you're the one. Okay? So most likely, you're the one if you don't know anybody who's EGR. Okay? Because you are the EGR. But there are. In your life, there will be difficult people and there will be difficult times. But God says, be strong, don't give up, continue the work, continue working on your marriage, continue working on your D group. And for those of you who have not started, start one first. Okay? For I am with you. So when we are discouraged, God says, be strong and continue the work. In 2 Corinthians 15.7, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Your work will be rewarded. So the promise of God is that He will be with us. You know how important is that promise? I will be with you. In fact, that's the same promise when He gave His great commission to his disciples and to the church and to all of us that when we go make disciples starting from your family God promise you I will be with you and you and I cannot imagine the magnitude of that promise God the maker of the universe who make all things happen who make the impossible possible is with you Imagine what God, that God, this kind of God that we serve, can do to your marriage, can do to your family, can do to your ministry, to your career, to your business. And God says, just don't give up and be strong and continue the work. For I am with you. God is with us. And this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. So do not fear. Do not fear. So when we are discouraged, God says, continue the work and do not fear, for I am with you. Now, I know time flies, but there's a third message. There's a third message. Continue the work. And so they continued the work. 
And here comes the third message. Bilisan na natin. The third message came. And what is the third message all about? Well, it says there in verse 11, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priest concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, any food, will it become holy? Okay. Then the priest answered and said, No. Okay. This is what's happening. The third time, the Lord spoke to Haggai, and he said this, If something holy... Let's say the Bible. Okay? Most people regard the Bible as holy Bible. Okay? Holy. If that holy thing touches unholy things, will it make it holy? For example, na lang. Do you consider Danny holy? Oh, sige, si Insong na lang. <laughs> if you consider Danny holy, and you are with Danny, will it make you holy? No. That's why the priest said no. Just because you are attached to something holy, you are holy. Just like coming to church doesn't make you holy. So that's the question of the Lord. And then he continued on. If a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of, the, one of these things, does it, make, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. In other words, the Lord turned it around. What if something unholy touches you or is connected to you? Will that unholy thing make you unholy? Anong answer? Yes. And the Lord said, you're correct. And I think that's our experience. That's why bad company, the Bible says, corrupts good moral. Which actually tells us that holy living is intentional. Because it's not automatic. And that's why when we say, when we sin, di ba ang term natin, when somebody sins, we fell. Hindi ko sinasadya, pero I was, I tripped into it. Okay? But can you say, I fell into holiness? No, because holiness is not automatic. But it's so easy. In fact, it's so effortless. I'm sure that's your experience because that's my experience. It's so easy to just go back to the old ways. So that's the question of the Lord to Haggai. Madali bang maging holy? No. Madali bang maging wicked? Yes. When you just, and holy thing touches. Now what is the Lord saying here? Well, basically this is it. Because the people there who started doing the work, they are now working, getting involved. But then, God saw that these people started thinking, maybe because I'm involved, it justifies my unholy living. That's what's happening there. So what the Lord is trying to say is this, ministry contribution or ministry involvement. Now you're involved. Now you're part of God's work. But that does not justify what? Unholy living. Just because you're touching the holy temple, and getting involved, it justifies the unholy life that we're living. Not because you're leading, you're okay. Not because you're the pastor, you're okay. Or you're justified. Not because you're a D-group leader. Not because you're worshiping up, leading the worship, or you're part of the ministry. It justifies your unholy living. So God, for the third time, spoke to them, calling out the attention. I like that you're part of the ministry. 
I like that you're serving, that you're involved in building God's temple. But I like even more if you live holy lives. You see, God wants us to get involved, and the time to get involved is now. But God is saying, as you get involved, my priority is the kind of life you're living. And that's why in our mission and vision, centered is Christ-likeness. Transform life. Because holiness is nothing but transformation. In other words, this is what the Lord is saying. You're involved. You're busy in church. But are you changing? Are you becoming more and more like me? Just because you're serving, it will not justify your attitude. You have to change. And so God is calling out their attention. And that's why, again, he said there, in fact, in verse 14 says, Then Haggai said, So it is with these people, this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer there is what? Is defiled. So unholy living renders our worship unacceptable to God. Unholy living renders our worship unacceptable to God. That's why, again, he said in verse 15, Now give careful thought. Consider how things are. Evaluation. That's what anniversary is all about. And verse 17 says, I struck all the work of your hands. Not because you're not involved. Yes, you're involved. Okay? But that your life doesn't match your talk. So, unholy living actually brings calamities in our lives. So, let me, let me end with this. Anniversaries are for celebration. Anniversaries are for evaluation. Anniversaries are for new visions. But anniversaries are also for decisions. If you've heard from the Lord today, will you respond to Him? Are you for the first message? You've been delaying obedience. You've been delaying involvement. You've been delaying discipleship. Today, God's message for you, decide whom you will serve today. Will God be first? Will you serve now? Mim, mobilize every member immediately. <laughs> now is the time to serve. And you may have to say yes now because anniversaries are for decisions. It's, a time, it's time to make decisions. Will you serve God or will you continue on with your own agenda? Or will you say God's agenda will be first and foremost? Or are you already in the ministry, but you are beginning to get discouraged or you lost your passion already and you're just going through the motion, ayaw ko na, napaso ko eh. Ayaw ko na. May the Lord speak to you today. And maybe you need to decide to come back, return, be strong, don't give up. Continue the work because soon or sooner or later, you will see because God promised, I will be with you. The glory of this temple, the Lord said, will be better than the glory of the former temple because God will build it. So return. If you've been discouraged and you've been away from, from ministry, hear God's word. Come back. My son, come back. My daughter, come back. Get involved and see how I will bless you, for I am with you.
always don't give up. Keep working on your marriage. Keep working on your children. Keep working on the people that God has entrusted to you. Don't give up. Sooner or later, you will see results. Or maybe you're on the third. You've been doing ministry, but at the back, you're actually living a double life. Nobody knows because you're not accountable to anybody. You're not willing to share it. That's why we want people in a small group so we can help each other. But you've been in sin at the same time serving. Well, God sees your heart and God sees what's happening. And God says, your worship, your service is unacceptable. Because God's desire is to change you. Unholy living. Repent. Return. Because God's desire for all of us is to become like Him. In fact, ministry will explode when every one of us are transformed. I think what, what the world hates or what attracts the world is, not, is, is the authenticity that they see in the church. When they see people change, that's the time when they come. They don't come for the good message. They don't come for good music, though that's important. They come when they see good lives, good character, transformation in the lives of the people around them. So if you're on the third, maybe you need to decide to turn away from sin and say, Lord, from now on, consecrate me. Help me that I may become the kind of person that you want me to be. CCFLA, anniversaries are for decisions. So may I invite everyone to just stand and maybe the worship team to come. <clears throat> As we close, if you've heard from the Lord, will you just make a quiet but firm decision from wherever you are? Yes, Lord, the time is now. I will begin anywhere with anything. Just get involved. So make a decision. Count me in. Count me in, Lord. Yes, I want to make you and your kingdom first and foremost in my life. Count me in. So make that firm decision. And if, you've been, if you're in the ministry and you're discouraged, well, God is saying, come back, come back. So will you just return? Yes, Lord, count me in also. And for those of us who've been living a double life, will you also come back and say, Lord, count me in from here on. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I may live a life that is pleasing to you. So whatever the decision may be, will you make that decision now? So quietly where you are, will you just bow down your heads? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you never gave up on us. You never gave up on your church, CCFLA. That in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of who we are, you continuously bestow your mercy, your grace, and your love to each one of us. And may that love 
overwhelm us, energize us to make a decision today. For you have spoken that the time is now. That your people will no longer delay obedience. Your people will no longer delay involvement. That your people will no longer delay holy living. Father, bless your people as you have promised that when we come, you will energize us. You will encourage us. You will empower us so we can live a life that is pleasing to you. So that year after year, we can experience your goodness. For that's what you promise us. That you, our great and awesome God, will be with us forever. So Father, will you put your hand of blessing upon each one of us, especially those who made important decisions and responded to you know who they are. Father, will you just minister to them and assure them of your presence? I may not hear them, but Lord, you who knows our hearts, you know them. So will you just bless them now? Bless CCFLA. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. We serve a great and mighty God. Amen? So as we celebrate eight years, we're going to sing this song to our great God. Put hands together. strength great are you lord and greatly to be praised great are your ways great are your works great are you lord in all the earth great is your power great is your strength great are you lord and greatly to see your greatness it's your greatness
Oh